we do things like yoga with champagne. So you, you bend down, pick up your champagne glass. So I think that's one which uh, a lot of us could get interested in to start our days off with. No one along the river as such wasn't, you know, exposing myself. Um, but they, uh, the, the, it was just incredible to be able to have a shower and look out at birds and, and wildlife. That was something I, I'd not experienced before. This is episode 25 of the Travel Podcast. On this episode, Jules and Lauren will be talking all things river cruising with their special guest, Rachel from Amma Waterways, including why it's a great way to see destinations, the increase of wellness and multi-generational family river cruises, and much more. A reminder about our sponsor, Not Just Travel, where holidays are made even better thanks to their award-winning travel consultants and their new Book and Relax Guarantee to give you that peace of mind when booking your next travel plans. Make sure to check them out at notjusttravel.com. Now over to Jules. Welcome to another episode of the Fantastic Travel Podcast. Now, we are really lucky today to be joined by Rachel Simon from Amma Waterways. She is the business development manager there. So hello, Rachel. Hi, everybody. Lovely to be Thank you. And um, we also are joined by Lauren from the Travel Podcast. Good morning, Lauren. Hi, everyone. So today we're going to be discussing river cruising and delving in to the different parts of river cruising that you can enjoy on your holidays. We'll be dispelling some of the myths, talking about the benefits and going through some really popular, fantastic itineraries that are available. So let's start with... Um, myths. Thank you, Jules. So in regards to river cruising, I think there are a few maybe myths and preconceptions that people do have. So Rachel, I just wanted to pick your brains regarding them. I think one of the main ones that people think is that river cruising is potentially mainly for the older generation. Would you say that's true at all? Or is it kind of open to all ages? No, I would say that's um, not true. I think there's a lot of myths, as you've mentioned, about river cruising and age being one of them. Um, the average age on our river cruise is around 64, and that can actually vary on itineraries, just the same as it does in ocean cruising. Um, depends on the type of itineraries, they attract different age groups. And as a good example, last Christmas on one of our flagships, the Amma Magna, we had a lot of multi-generational families on there. So that average age group came right down to the age of 54. So although historically and traditionally over many, many years ago, people did think of river cruising as being for elderly people, um, it's come on and developed so much over the years with so many more activities that I'm sure we're going to talk through. So, yeah, definitely a myth to bust there about the age. The age has come right down and it will continue to come down over the future years as um, rivers become more and more interesting to a, a large demographic of people. That's quite interesting to know about um, the multi-generational families because that's kind of an aspect of travel that is increasing and getting more popular as well. So for anyone listening who is going on a multi-generational family or looking for a holiday for it, river cruising definitely could be an option for them. Um, and that kind of leads quite nicely into people thinking that river cruising isn't for active people. Would you say that it's kind of acceptable for any kinds of people, whether looking for an active trip or for more of a relaxing one? Yeah, absolutely. Again, there's something for everybody on river cruising. Um, and one of our, our brand put on board a wellness host onto every ship. I sort of did that about 18 months ago. And that wellness host will run about seven exercise classes through the day. They're all complimentary and equally they're all optional. So it could be you could start your morning with a nice stretching class up on the top deck if the sun's shining. 
or if the weather's a little bit inclement, we do actually do those classes on inside the ship. Um, we do things like yoga with champagne. So you, you bend down, pick up your champagne glass. So I think that's one which uh, a lot of us could get interested in to start our days off with. Um, and then we go and do tour, running tours, right? running, jogging tours around uh, the ports. We do walking around the ship. So there's a whole lot of exercise classes for everybody to join in, depending on their level, what they're interested in. You do have to book those because they're limited in the numbers that we can cater for. But um, my advice is when you get on board, have a look at all the classes and book yourself into something so you can guarantee you get a slot there. And the other thing that we did, again, we were the first river cruise company to introduce bikes. So on most of our ships, we've got at least 24 bikes. The Amma Magnus got over 60 bikes because she's a bigger ship. And this formed part of the shore excursion. So when you attempt, uh, say, in Basel, you can grab a bike. We give the clients helmets and gloves and bottles of water, and they're fully guided with a guide at the front and at the back. And they do their shore excursion by the fire bike, basically. I did one last year, really lucky to go to one in Strasbourg. And we cycled all the way around the town. We went through little parks and zoos on the way. We got off in Strasbourg and saw the museum. So it's a really nice, interesting way to see different parts of towns and cities that you wouldn't normally get to see and you keep fit at the same time, which is brilliant. And they can be about 13 kilometres up to 20 kilometres. So uh, it's not Tour de France. It's not flat out. <laughs> there are lots of stops and rests on the way. But equally, you have to have some sort of level of fitness, but, you know, you're not racing along. Uh, so, again, something for everyone. Uh, and then the final thing that we do is hiking. So if you want to go on a hike, I did hike the Black Forest when I went over on the Rhine as well. Um, did one into the Black Forest, which is just incredible. They put you in groups. So you've got people who are not so fit who might be want to amble along. And then I was in one of the groups where the faster walkers because I do a lot of walking anyway. Just incredible. Again, mooching through the forest, you're fully guided. You get to wander up and do your own thing a little bit as well. Um, but if, if you're not into exercise and wellness, you can just chill on the ship uh, and do whatever you want. You don't have to partake in any of these. But for those people who are interested in keeping fit, then we've got all the facilities. And the other thing that's really nice about the wellness host is they will actually do nutritional advice. So if anybody wants to, you know, have that advice to take, to take on board while they're great opportunity to speak with an expert. And they'll also run guests through the gym equipment that we have. So all of the ships have a small gym on with um, machines, exercise bikes and weights, and that wellness host will guide them through. So you can have your holiday to be as relaxing as you want or as absolutely busy in fitness build as you want as well <laughs> which is great so again people don't associate that with river cruising but it's there for the taking for those who want to join in so actually it's quite the op- opposite it can be incredibly active if you want it to be and also Absolutely. i've been doing my yoga wrong because mine does not have champagne <laughs> i need to look into that you absolutely do, yeah. <laughs> um, I think something else that people may think about river cruising is obviously the ships are going to be kind of smaller than what they've potentially been used to if they've been ocean cruising or something before. And so people may feel that the staterooms will potentially be smaller. Would you say that's the case at all? Uh, again, another myth to bust there. So our staterooms on the Amma Magnum, which we're going to talk about a bit later, which is the flagship, they start at 205 square feet and they go up to 720 
710 square feet for an owner suite. So that's plenty of space. And actually, they're as big, if not bigger, than a lot of the ocean cruise ships. Our smaller ships, which are around 156 passengers, start at 160 square feet, and they go up to about 350 square feet. So again, the river cruising, especially our brand, is all about space. So it's not about cramming thousands of people in. It's about small numbers and having plenty of space and have that luxurious feel while we're on board. So they'll be walking around and enjoying and being able to sit there and not have loads of people crowded around them. Um, so, yes, space is definitely key to river cruising. Awesome. That sounds quite good. In terms of obviously talking about um, space on board the ships, with the dining venues, are there a wide range of choices to dine in or is there only kind of a few different dining options? What would it particularly be like on board? So as you know, with ocean cruising, there are multiple venues. Um, river ships being smaller than the ocean cruise ships, we have on the majority of our ships two dining venues. So we've got the main lounge area and that's where uh, clients will have the breakfast, the lunch and the evening dinner. Um, we also do light lunches in the main lounge area as well. So if they just want a snack rather than having a full, you know, three-course dinner for lunch, they can go upstairs and pick up a snack. But in addition to that, we have a facility called the Chef's Table. Um, that's like a speciality restaurant, and that's super. It takes 28 guests. It's completely complimentary. So again, like on Ocean Cruises, some of them make a cover charge for their speciality restaurants. Ours is all included, and that's a seven-course taster menu. So there'll be seven small courses coming through. Um, we have glass screens, in, so you've got basically got the kitchens in that restaurant. So clients can watch the food being prepared by the fantastic chefs, and the waiters will bring out the food and pair it with wine. So when you get to your table, you have like seven wine glasses of different sizes. So they will do, bring different wines from different regions and pair that with the food and explain what that to you. So it's like a real fantastic experience to go into the, the chef's table. Um, and everybody's guaranteed that, although they have to make the reservation. Now, in addition to those two restaurants, which are on the majority of the ships, um, on the Amma Magna, which again is the flagship, we've got four restaurants on there. So we've got the chef's table, the main lounge. We've got Jimmy's, which I describe as more of a pub style. Great atmosphere, long tables in there. Really lovely. Uh, and then we've got an alfresco restaurant, which is at the back of the ship. The windows all open up so you can sort of in effect sit outside. And that's got a variety of food in there as well. And once again, all included, no charges on any of those restaurants. So we don't really expect to have that choice when we're on rivers again. But um our brand has a, lots of choices to cater for everybody's tastes. The chef's table um, sounds absolutely incredible, doesn't it, Jules? Yeah, I mean, a seven-course taster menu, that's my kind of taster. mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think probably do the yoga before that, though, especially with all that wine tasting as well. <laughs> Definitely. So basically, the myths are just myths. Um, we've completely debunked them there, and actually river cruising has more to it than what maybe people may think. Yeah, definitely. There's lots of misconceptions. And, and and it's like most things, unless you try it for yourself, you don't know what you're going to experience. Um, we've got some great videos that you can have a look at as well and just see and feel and touch what's happening, as well as speaking to your agent when you book. But um, yeah, River Cruise has got a lot of benefits that people sort of are not familiar with. 
Yeah, so we'll lead into um, the benefits. So I have been on a river cruise. Um, actually, we I went down the Nile. Um, so I know Egypt is sort of one of your newer routes, which we can talk about a bit later. Um, but I found it really incredible. Like you've um, debunked all the myths, that was definitely the case. My stateroom was a, a brilliant size, bigger than what I'd experienced on an ocean cruise. And I think um, one of the main benefits I noticed was were the views. Um, because you're that much closer to nature and the surroundings, you're not sort of, you know, 40 foot high above the ocean, just seeing the ocean creatures, if you're lucky. Um, river cruising, the nature, the birds, the wildlife, it was just it was just there. And you just woke up. Your stateroom had a, a beautiful view of which was, you know, very, very close. Um, and it was it was really brilliant. So I was going to ask, though, about um, other benefits that I experienced um, in terms of group sizes for the shore excursions. I understand with yourselves as well, because you have, um, you know, a, a smaller capacity on board, that your group sizes when you go on ex excursions, they're, they're more intimate. Would you agree? Absolutely, yeah. So our average group size is 20, which is really quite small and intimate. Um, an average ship in Europe would take 156 passengers. So we make sure that everybody is guaranteed to go on the excursion that they actually want to go on. They can pre-book it when they've made the reservation. They can do it on board. And we're really flexible. So if maybe they're booked to go to, I don't know, let's say a museum, then they change their minds and they've met a group of people who want to go on another or go on another excursion, then they can swap it over. We will run an excursion if there's only even five people going. Um, so they can guarantee that we've got just small, intimate excursion groups. Uh, we do these little headsets so people can listen and talk as well as you're going along. Um, so there's something, again, for everybody to enjoy on, on the shore excursions. And because they are small groups, you get to find out a lot more and see a lot more rather than going around in a big group of 50 or 60 where people are going to get lost. So, yeah, it's definitely another benefit of going on a, a river trip is, is the shore excursions. And going back to your other point about seeing things, I was on, again, the Rhine last year. What I loved was in the morning waking up. I had a, a balcony stateroom, which is fantastic. Seeing all the mists on the river early morning and then all the birds coming through, all the swans, uh, and seeing the, the, the villages waking up in the distance as well, the lights coming on, something that you don't experience if you're in the ocean um, because you're right in the heart of the river, going right through the heart of the country. So that's something that I, I really enjoyed as well, Jules. Yeah, I agree. We actually had um, a bathroom. You could have a shower and still look out the window. That, that was fine because, you know, there's no one along the river as such. I wasn't, you know, exposing myself. Um, but they, uh, but the, it was just incredible to be able to have a shower and look out at birds and, and wildlife. That was something I'd, I'd not experienced before. So, yeah, yeah that sounds amazing. Amazing experience. We don't have our showers like that, but um, it just sounds like a fantastic experience to, to be able to see that from all aspects of your stateroom. Yeah, it's not for everyone, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to put the locals off. <laughs> Another benefit I found was um, getting getting off the ship. I found when we were doing sort of, when I've done an ocean cruise before, it was a bit of um, a palaver, to be honest. You know, it's 
a long queue and then you have to make sure that you're on the right tender boat, for example, if you needed to take a tender into to the port. But that's not the case on river cruising, is it? It's, it's really well organised. Absolutely. Again, down to those smaller ships and small numbers, we can dock up in a city centre such as Budapest. Um, you're right by the side of the dock, you're right by the city centre, so you can quite often walk straight into the city centre from a lot of the docking points. Um, so there's no tendering. It really is as simple as dock, dock up, get off the ship and go on to your shore excursions or go off on your own visit. Some of the places we visit are a little bit further away, so you might need a short coach ride. And occasionally what happens in a busy place such as Budapest, you'll get lots of other cruise ships coming in at the same time. And it's a case of who's there first that gets right close to the dock. But we sort of, um, if you're the second ship in, you may have to go over another ship to get off. But all that entails is going to the top deck, walking over to the next ship, and then you're off the off onto um, dry land to go. Um, so that occasionally happens. But yeah, it's so much easier than having to queue um, on an ocean ship. You sometimes have to get tickets and wait to get off. But with us, as soon as you pull up, everybody gets off at the same time or similar times. Because if you're on shore excursions, we do like a nine o'clock departure or half nine departure. So they are phased at off um, in groups just to get everybody away on the coaches or on the walking tours. But yeah, so much easier than having to wait and queue for a long time. And the same on the way back as well, which you they just walk straight back on. There's no problems. Yeah, no, that that's brilliant. And yeah, I definitely found the benefits of that. And like you said, you're right in the heart of the city. So you get to see, you know, the lead up as well to the city and, and how the river sort of um, benefits as well, these areas. And is really part of um, the way of life for a lot of people in some of these Absolutely. areas. Yeah. And um, when I was in Basel last year, what I loved was that you can use, if you've got some free time there, which quite a lot of the items you get free time, you could hop on and off the ship. So it was like 10 minutes walk. We got there, we put our bags on. Um, the staff saw us to our staterooms and showed us round. And then we went and walked into town. So we jumped off, walked around the town of Basel, saw all the beautiful scenery and the shops. And then when we were ready, we just could make our way back to Basel, from Basel onto the, the ship uh, and straight back on. So that's great in some of the cities like Vienna as well and Budapest, where you can, um, we actually run a shuttle bus from Vienna into the town, but you get that flexibility of being able to stay on if you want to, if you're a bit tired or just want to have a coffee or jump into the pool, or you can go and pot around the town. So that's great flexibility of being able to do that. And again, you haven't got to wait for a tender and go and wait for a slot to come back in and off quick and easy, what we all like to do. I guess that maximises the times as well, because I know, you know, obviously you're strict in when when you get off, and, <clears throat> excuse me, when you can get back on. Um, but I guess you, you can have a, a longer t- period of time in, in the city or the actual place you're visiting than you would have got on an ocean cruise because you've got the sort of queues to get back on etc exactly you can absolutely and again depending on the item is where you are some of the uh, times we dock of an evening in the city so you can have your dinner on board and go zip into the town and have a drink and experience a few of the local flavors of the city and the restaurants and pubs that you can join in there as well so that's another great way to be flexible you know you can just um, walk in or grab a taxi, stuff will arrange a taxi if you need a taxi. But again, you've got flexibility and you can spend more time on shore experiencing the local culture and flavours of the cities that you're visiting, which is really beneficial. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. So, Lauren, I know that you um, 
have been on an ocean cruise. Are we are we winning you over yet to, to river cruising? Yeah, definitely. I was just thinking about it. So I, I've done a few ocean cruises um, and I also really love city breaks as well. Um, I've done a few sort of short weekend ocean cruises. But, you know, we've cruised overnight and then we get to the port and then I've got an hour and a half transfer to get off and actually get into the city centre. So doing a river cruise where, um, like Rachel said, you kind of dock and you're right by the city centre definitely sounds a lot more ideal, to be honest with you, and something that I definitely look for. Rachel, do you find that with the river cruises, you kind of attract over maybe ocean cruisers who prefer the smaller kind of ships? Yeah, so we do actually attract sort of those ocean cruisers. Um, we actually built, oh, uh, one of our owners, Rudy, designed, because he's an architect by trade, he's a very clever man, and he built the Anna Magna. And he specifically built and designed that ship uh, to cater for ocean cruisers. So people that have maybe been on the high-end ships, um, some of the luxury brands, that they're still large ships, but small compared to some of the ocean cruise lines. You know, talking people like Silver Sea and Regent Seven Seas, that their clients may be slightly concerned about going on um, a river ship because it is slightly smaller and there are less facilities. So Rudy designed and launched this fantastic ship called the Anna Magna. Um, she sails down the Danube, and one of the benefits of bringing her on was that she was bigger. She's actually double the width of a normal river cruise ship. So instead of taking 156 passengers, we take 196 passengers. And you'll note from that, just having 40 passengers more, we've doubled the whole of the, the width of the ship and the space on board, but we've only put 40 more passengers on. So again, it's about space and luxury and feel. Uh, she's got the four restaurants, which we've mentioned before. We also have a cinema on there. So this is great for multi-generational families. There's lots of interconnecting staterooms. We've got a cinema for the kids and adults. We've also got some uh, games boxes on there as well so they can play games. Then the library's bigger, um, the lounge is bigger, the bars are bigger, the pool's bigger. So everything's been expanded out again. And all of that's been done to take in mind those ocean cruisers that have maybe been a little bit um, unsure about taking a river cruise, but actually you can come on, you can get loads of space. You've got the big staterooms You've still got your pool, you've got your four dining options, all included. You'll still get all your excursions. So, yeah, that, that's a good switch for us to encourage people over. And people that have tried it have really been impressed um, and have gone on to try the River Cruise is as well with, with the brand. Uh, yeah, so it's really great to have that option for people who maybe have doubted it to come and try a ship such as the Amma Magna where she can um they can experience a lot more facilities so that ship sounds kind of perfect for me I've been on some of the huge ocean cruise ships and I love having a good choice of facilities but I cannot tell you the amount of times I've got lost on those ships so actually having <laughs> a ship but with still all the great facilities would be perfect, to be honest with you, because I've wasted hours of my life trying to find my cabin on cruise. <laughs> That's a really good point, actually, because the ships are they have enough facilities, but they're small enough to be able to find your way around. So you're not wandering down loads of corridors. Obviously, everything's really well signed as well. And um, we've also got things which I haven't mentioned, like hairdressers. It's small compared to Ocean, but we have those on board as well. You can also go and get your massages. So we have that as well as the small gyms. 
And, you know, there are plenty of things to do because also with River, a lot of it, as well as being the experience of being on board the beautiful ships and eating the fantastic food, you're spending a lot more time getting off. And you alluded there to cities. And on lots of the uh, rivers that have been run down, you go, you're covering up a lot of cities there. So it's ideal for people who like city breaks because you might go down some a lot of the Danube and you're covering up four major cities there, uh, which is great value for money as well. Instead of just going on a little holiday and doing one, you get to experience four plus other smaller villages and towns on your holiday as well as those four major capital cities. I've got a question actually. Jules kind of touched on it earlier about the views, and I don't know how true this is, but I'd imagine on river cruising, even when you're cruising and not in port or anything like that, you've got really great views. Whereas compared to an ocean cruise, when you're at your sea days, you've, all you've got is sea. Whereas on a river cruise, you're always going to have something nice to look at and like a nice scenery. Is that kind of true? Absolutely. It's another one of the benefits that you're constantly sailing down rivers with scenery on both sides and you're going through a lot of UNESCO um, World Heritage Sites as well. So the Waco Valley, that's got some stunning scenery and also in the Douro in Portugal, that's also a UNESCO World Heritage Site, that whole valley in Portugal. So, you, you know, you've got all the castles, there's vineyards, there's great architecture that you see even just experiencing some of the day-to-day life of the rivers as well that the people experience as well as the wildlife so the river takes you through the heart of those countries you're getting a good flavor and experience of each country that you actually sail through so there's never a dull moment um, because you're constantly seeing all these fantastic sceneries yeah and the great benefit of being on the river i love that i'm glad i was right about that i've actually got one more question as well sorry that's just popped into my head um kind of again comparing the ocean river cruises i know a big draw for some of the ocean cruises is like the formal nights where you can choose to kind of don your ball gown and get dressed up do you do kind of those evenings on the river cruises where if you want to you can kind of go all out so on river cruising it's quite different actually it tends to be a lot more laid back casually dressed uh, and then in the evening people will tend to dress up a little bit more but you don't really get the black ties and long dresses it's a slightly more informal environment we do have every night an hour before dinner a sip and sell cocktail evening which is complimentary so that's fabulous um, all sorts of drinks, anything you want to drink, alcohol, it's soft, canapes, so that's sort of the leading to your dinner. Uh, I found that in the uh, chef's table, people made a bit more of an effort and dressed, you know, chaps were in jackets and um, ladies were in dresses, although we don't have formal dress codes, but people tend to uh, spruce up themselves a little bit more for the formal restaurants. And then in the main lounge, people did still dress very smartly. But it, it's not that formal um, area that you kind of get on a, an ocean river cruise, which is some people love it, some people hate it. So, again, it's quite nice if you're not into all the formal nights that you've got that option. And, of course, some people love doing that dressing up, and that's part of their ocean cruise holiday. But river it tends to be not quite along the lines of having to get your tiara out and your black. <laughs> that's quite good though you have kind of got the choice like you said in the main lounge people do dress up or they kind of go a little bit more for the chef's table and kind of the other restaurants as well so that's kind of quite yeah. nice I'd probably say quite attractive to other people knowing that you don't have to go all out if you don't want to mm-hmm. yeah nobody sort of will you know I know in some, some ocean restaurants you, you have to be dressed up in a certain way to, to enter and we don't have that so um you can wear whatever you like and feel as comfortable it's all about feeling like you're at home on board our ships it's quite a homely 
family feel so we want everybody to treat it like the home and be able to relax and go and take a coffee from the machine take it back to your stateroom grab your breakfast take it back if you want to so there's a lot of flexibility there and it's a lot more informal um so everybody can really chill and relax whilst they're on their holiday perfect that's definitely convincing me for river cruises <laughs> and as well I was um you've mentioned that I'm a magna a few times and I did want to talk about how great this ship is because for me personally um with an active family it definitely seems like a really good option for our family holiday mm-hmm. um yeah I do families as well moving away from the sort of bucket and spade let's all sit on the beach um I'm lucky enough anyway to live in Bournemouth so we have a lovely beach here anyway um so yeah we look for something different on our holidays and I think that Amma Magna would be perfect for that um in terms of you've got a bit for the kids like like you mentioned the cinema and the sort of Xbox playstations um but also you know, to get them out and to see some cities and see the culture a bit more. So have you found it really appealing to families? Yeah, we're finding more and more families um, are interested in taking river cruises, especially at holiday times like Christmas, um, Easter breaks. Uh, So we do have a lot more families on than we used to. Uh, The Amad Magna, she's because she's such a large ship, she can only sell the Danube. So she can do the upper and lower Danubes. And that's because of the locks that you get on rivers. So she's only available down there, but definitely great for kids, especially the teenage sort of kids that will, will appreciate culture a bit more, perhaps than the youngsters. But if you've got a multi-generational family that want to go away for Christmas time, um, you've got the interconnecting cabins and you've got all sorts of facilities, including the pools on the, on the top deck. So it's a, it's a great one to focus on uh, for, for those families that want to travel together. It's something very different from a normal holiday that they can actually experience. That's great. And do you see all the dining options as well? So they've definitely got something for their tastes and, and the flexibility is fantastic, especially when you've got kids. You never know, one might wake up a bit perky or peaky, sorry, shall I say, and you might have to change your plans. And it seems like you guys are, are really great for, for the flexibility for that. Um, in terms of yeah, absolutely. And um, going back to the dining, we can cater for all sorts of uh, requests. So if somebody's gluten-free or vegan or vegetarian, you always ask if they can give us those details at the time of booking because it makes it a little bit easier. But the chefs will also sit down um, at the beginning of the holiday with anybody with dietary requirements and just talk back through with them um, so to make sure that they get a great dining experience on board as well. Um, all of the food is sourced locally every day and bought on board. Uh, it's all cooked from scratch. There's nothing that's frozen. And they cook all their own breads on board as well. So that, in, as, as in with ocean cruising, food and drink are really important. It's one of the things that people like to take on board on a river cruise is have a really high quality of food and drink as well. And um, we certainly give that on our, our ships. We're also members of La Chandra Rotisseur, which is a French gastronomic society. And um, we're tested every year. All the, all the crew have to make sure that they can keep those really high standards up every year. Um, but apart from that sort of high-level food, you can also get your burgers and chips and your pizzas, your pasta, your soup. So something for everybody. You don't have to worry that food's going to be too fancy. You can have exactly what you want. It sounds absolutely amazing. And I bet the smell of the fresh-baked bread, that fills the ship pretty quick. That would be uh, getting me up for breakfast, definitely. <laughs> you can't resist that smell, can we? You always say, I'm not going to too much. And then you have a croissant, then you have a roll, and then you have something else. And <laughs> Yeah, you yes. end up rolling off the ship yourself. 
No, not if you do all your exercise, though. If you, if you go on your bikes, do your hiking. Do you, <laughs> and your champagne you, yoga. You, <laughs> you'll come on the same as you went off. <laughs> all the balance. I get it. So, Rachel, I wondered, could you talk us through your sort of top three European itineraries and, and what makes them really great and, and a really great option for people in terms of river cruising, just to give people sort of an idea of things that they might be able to experience? Yeah, so in the number one spot for us is definitely the Rhine. Uh, the Rhine is probably one of the most popular rivers that everybody knows about. And you can do various options. You can start in Amsterdam and sail down to Basel. You can do it the other way around as well. Um, so some of the things that people are interested in when they go down the Rhine is that the castle. So there's over 40 castles dotted along this river. You've got lots of iconic vineyards and medieval villages that you'll see as well. And of course, you travel through four countries. So you've got France, Belgium, Switzerland and the Netherlands that you're traveling through. And just to highlight two cities there along the Rhine. So we've got Strasbourg, which is one of the cities, which is one I actually did the cycling tour around. Um, it's actually the second most popular tourist city in France. And it's on the French side of the Rhine. So because it's right close to the border, you get both French and German architecture and influence from both sides, as well as the, the food is from both regions as well. So that's quite fascinating. You've got a brilliant Gothic cathedral, which I had the opportunity to go in. Um, you've also got the French Quarter, the Petite France it's called. Lots of quays around there which you can just sit and relax, have a little coffee on the quay which looks over the river Ill as well. So Strasbourg's a really nice destination to go on the Rhine. Uh, another big one on the Rhine is Cologne, the city of Cologne. That's Germany's, um, I think it's their fourth largest city. Again, you've got lots of cathedrals to go and look at. Um, shops to pot around, lots of history and culture there as well. Um, and alongside Amsterdam and Basel, Cologne and Strasbourg, there's lots of other little, little pretty villages you go into. So you might go and do a wine tasting. You might go and visit a museum or go to a bakery. You could go walking, biking. So that's one of the reasons the Watt Rhine is just so incredibly popular. And one thing to mention with these itineraries, you can also tie on the end or the beginning some pre and post day. So if you were staying in Amsterdam, starting your journey in Amsterdam, go a couple of nights there, go to the Amprang's house, go on a canal tour, do all the usual stuff the same in Basel. Um, and we also do extensions over to Zurich and Lucerne, Lake Como. So it's not just about the river. You could extend that seven-night cruise and have a 10-night holiday if you want to, as well as doing back-to-back -back river cruises. So the Rhine's definitely the first most popular. Um, the other benefit, because we've got so many ships, it's not just one departure a week. So if you chose a date, say on a Saturday and it's full, have a look at the Monday because there'll be a ship going on the Monday. There's probably one going on the Wednesday. There's multiple departures on these really most popular destinations. Um, the second one's the Danube. So the Great Danube, that goes through 10 countries. Obviously, you don't see 10 countries on your, your tour, but the whole river throws through 10 countries. And as we mentioned before, you've got all these capital cities to visit. So you can go from Budapest down to Bilshofen, some of them all the other way around. Some of them go from Nuremberg as well. And you can visit places like Budapest, where you've got um, brilliant shopping on Bartzutza. You can go onto the hilly side of Buda and see the church. There's a fantastic martial church at the top of the Fisherman's Bastion. You've got the iconic Houses of Parliament on the flat side, which is Pest. And then things like the spa thermal treatments in the Gellert, another amazing institution to go and experience 
or the thermal spars. And then you've got other towns as well, like Bratislava. That's the capital of Slovakia, um, 18th century town. Lots of Baroque architecture around there as well. So really another fascinating place to go. Vienna. We all love Vienna. Um, you've got some amazing things in Vienna as well. We actually do the morning tour. We then take you back to the ship for lunch. And then we run shuttle buses. So you can do go and do your own thing in the afternoon and pot around. A lot of people like to mention the Spanish riding school in Vienna. We don't actually do a tour there, but if you wanted to go, you can book your tickets and go in the afternoon. So we'll shuttle you back in so you get the opportunity to go um, and tootle around Vienna. Uh, so those are the two sort of most popular destinations for us. And then the third one is the Douro. And this river has been, over the last few years, sort of an up-and-coming destination. It's a shorter river than the Danube and the Rhine. Um, although it's a major river on the Iberian Peninsula and it throw, flows through both Portugal and Spain. Um, but the sailing part of it for us is down through Portugal. Again, it's another UNESCO World Heritage Site and people like to choose this area because of the wine influence. You've obviously got the port, um, which is really famous. So you visit the city of Porto and you travel either down to down back to Porto, you can get off down in Bega Toronto. There's two itineraries. We have two ships running. Um, because it's a smaller river, the ships are slightly smaller. And we do things a little bit differently. We'll actually take you for lunch. Instead of having all the meals on the ship, we take the clients to Quint local Quintus to have an experience the local food and culture as well. So you get off, and that's all included, as well as all the excursions to go and see all the vineyards and all the historical culture. And Salamanca is one of the most popular destinations as well. That's a really popular uh, place to go to see. It's also UNESCO site. It's known as a living museum. There's lots of history and culture. So the top three sellers for us, the Rhine, the Danube and the Douro in Europe, um, really, really popular. Um, Danube and Rhine have lots of ships going. The Douro is just the two. So if you've really got your heart set on the Douro, it's one of those that you really need to plan a book well ahead because it does book out incredibly quickly. And again, with Duro, if you want to go and have city breaks in Madrid or Lisbon, you can do some extensions there as well and extend your holiday um, to make it a little bit longer. It's on my bucket list, the Duro. All three of those itineraries sound awesome and it's easy to see why they are so popular. Um, and it was quite cool to know, actually, some of them have multiple departure days as well. Like you said, if you're looking for a Saturday and it's full, you can look for kind of the Monday or Wednesday spot quite ideal and helps people out with the flexibility of them all as well and um, Rachel are there any new destinations that you've got um coming up for river cruising at all yeah we're constantly looking at new destinations and we are launching Egypt next year so it's running starting September uh, of 2020 and we've put together an 11 night itinerary now, there are not that many operators that sail down the Nile at the moment. So we're really excited to bring Egypt into our portfolio. And it's proven to be really, really popular. We're starting off with flying into Cairo and having three nights in Cairo um, at the Four Seasons Hotel. And as part of that, we're including all the excursions. So we'll be visiting all the things you'd expect to visit in Cairo. We've got an Egyptologist there to, to assist the groups. Again, small groups of 20, no more than 20. We'll be going to the King Tutankhamun's Museum, so you can see that fantastic gold death mask. Um, all running around all the museums, seeing all the sites there. 
things taking like old Cairo and the Karnakali market so you can have a pot around and see all the spices and all the foods on sale and really immerse yourself into that city which is really vibrant and bustling. It's a huge city actually, 23 million people in Cairo and then of course you'll be going to see the Sphinx and also the Pyramids of Giza as well so that's all part of that Cairo experience over those three days which are fully escorted. Then it's just an hour's flight down to Luxor where we're going to board the brand new ship, which is just currently under construction. That's the Amadalia. And she's a small ship, so she's only got 64 staterooms. Um, sorry, 64 guests, beg your pardon. And then the crew is 62 crew, so that's really, really intimate. She's five-star. She's got the chef table on there. So although she's a small ship, we've still got the chef's table as well as the main dining. And there'll be a pool and the gym and the hair salon. Um, everything's included in terms of the excursions as well. Um, we'll be doing things like going down to the Valley of Queen, King and Queens. Um, there's an optional excursion actually down to Upper Symbol, which you can take as an optional. So we're not including that, but it can be booked. You'll see all of the temples. There's some incredible temples down there, like Queen Nefertiri's tomb. Um, just incredible, actually, uh, excursions. Go on a fluka ride as well, which would be a nice thing to do. Visit a Nubian village. So completely immersing yourself into the culture and the history of Egypt. And then right at the end of that, once the cruise is finished, there's one night back in Cairo uh, before you fly back home. But we've also put extensions on that to extend it if people want to. So they can go to Dubai, they can go to Jordan, they can go to Israel. So that's a really nice, exciting itinerary for us. Um, Very, very popular. And we're excluding a really hot time. So, you know, July when it's roasting hot, we won't be traveling in the hot times so we'll be just sticking to times when the temperature is a bit cooler because although the ship's fully air conditioned the temples aren't (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we're really excited i keep saying this about all the itineraries but that one sounds absolutely incredible i adore egypt i love going there so that sounds perfect especially like the knights in cairo in the um included excursions as well Mm. that's really awesome um so that's definitely gonna be one to keep an eye out for yeah, I Definitely can't believe um, that ratio either, Rachel. This is like a one-to-one. Yeah, it is absolutely one-to-one, which is incredible. It's all about the service there. Um, they're making sure that the guests are going to get an incredible experience and, you know, an authentic experience as well. So it'll be Egyptian crew and um, the food will be both Egyptian and Western Mediterranean for people who are maybe a little bit unsure. So you get flexibility on that for both. Uh, and I think it's also fantastic to have Egyptologists there. You know, these people you know these temples, the history and the culture inside out. So that will be an absolutely fantastic product. And it's already proving really, really popular for us. Uh, I get another one on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have totally convinced Lauren. And, and we've learned that river cruising, so it's totally, totally flexible. You've got fantastic views, family friendly, active or relaxing as much of either way that you would like to go. Just something for everyone. And um, we're really looking forward to seeing your Egypt itinerary and uh, getting on board with that. That's going to be amazing. Did you have anything else, Lauren? I just wanted to say, um, I picked up on something you said earlier, Rachel, about the food being locally sourced. Um, I absolutely love that. And I think that's really important nowadays for when people are traveling. It's something that keen travelers are looking for. So I just wanted to shout that out as well, so people know about the locally sourced food on board. Yeah, it helps us support the local economy, doesn't it, when you're buying locally? Um, so that's really important to us to, to be able to 
uh, support the local economy where we can as well. And with local staff as well. So in providing an employment opportunity in the countries that, that you're um, operating. So that's that's brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Rachel. We really had loads of good um, facts and uh, we really learned about river cruising and uh, how amazing it is and how what a great uh, different type of holiday to experience. Thank you so much for your time and thank you, Lauren, for joining us as well. Are you fully convinced? Are we are we are you river cruising next year? I'm gonna straight away look at that Egypt one, definitely. I'm fully convinced on that. So thank you, Rachel, um, for your amazing insight to it all, and thank you, Jules. Yeah, no problem at all. So for any more information and the links to what we've talked about in today's episode, head over to thetravelpodcast.com where all links will be featured on this episode's page. And if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review. And thank you very much. Bye, Rachel. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. The Travel Podcast is sponsored by Not Just Travel, where it's not just travel, it's a way of life. We hope you liked this podcast. And if you did, please tell your friends, but also take a moment to rate us on iTunes as it helps spread the word. Thanks for listening.